Welcome to 353rd. This is episode number 12. I'm Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Anders, and you? Uh, hanging in there. We've been uh, we've been in absentia for a week here. Yes. Primarily due, primarily due to you. Yeah, it is. I got to tell you, I had an unbelievable week uh, last week, and it just, I mean, you know, there wasn't much time. I mean, what are you going to do? I saw, I saw Manchester United pretty much beat up on uh, the, um, you know, New England Revolution team up here. Uh, and then... Yeah, that's, uh, a bit, that's a big shocker there. That, uh, yeah. The Premier League team would thump a U.S. team. You know what the shocker was, though? They they actually had all the guys out there. Like, all the, the real, the big dog guys. Yeah. You know, Rooney, all the whole mess of them. Yeah, and they played them until, uh, you know, really just the first half. But I, I thought that was sort of... Now, granted, that's kind of why you go, but I thought that was sort of surprising because, you know, they could get injured and all. And incidentally, I think they only scored once before the half. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Anyway, we got clobbered, uh, you know, four to one. So so there we are. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then Uh I, uh, you know, skipped off to uh, Philly to catch uh, the U2 concert. Indeed. Which was unbelievable, let me tell you. Uh, pretty much the best concert I've ever seen. I got it. I got it. That's the way it is. I just got to throw it out there. Yeah, uh, there's no question. I, and you had the you had the red zone, you know, tickets. So you're right zone. next to the stage, and I, I was I was right next to the stage, and the, and uh, so Bono comes trotting by, and I I you know I just give him the little high five thing, and he he high fives me. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Couldn't beat it. It was a great concert. Just I think I think he tweeted the next day that he had high fived Honors Brownworth. Did he? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I don't doubt it. Um I'm sure he told that to Bishop Tutu as well. <laughs> um anyway, it was uh it, it was quite the experience. And and just last week was just crazy, crazy. I was down in North Carolina, I was, you know, in Philly, and I was, you know, this thing up here. And by the way, if you ever go to the the uh uh, stadium there in Foxborough. I think it's where the Pats play. It is unlike any other stadium that I've been to in the sense that there's pretty much no main roads going out of it. Yeah, that's that's its reputation is that it's a disaster from a traffic standpoint. It takes, uh, from what I've heard, it takes nine to like two and a half, three hours to get home from a Pats game. Yeah, so. it took us it took us two hours really to get out of there. One hour to get out of the parking lot, and then one hour to get on Route 95. Yep. Which yeah, it's is crazy. In, it's an excuse. It's crazy. It's just I don't know. I, it's just crazy. I mean, there's one road. What are you going to do? I mean, yeah, that's so. it's just moronic that you would in a city like that that you would yeah. put that stadium. And and the and the crazy thing is is that that stadium's not that old. No, so it's new. When they it's when they when they built it, why didn't they put you know eight lanes really in and out? Sure, right off of uh, 95, which is there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't if you look it. at it like if you compare it to like FedEx Field in Washington, which is a new stadium, sure. But it's right off. I mean, you can see it from 495. Yeah, and it's uh, the only when you're going to a Redskins game, that's the path in and out. Yeah, and that's the only thing. That's the only purpose that road serves. And it's but it's you know it's maybe a half a mile from 495. Yeah, and the same is true of Lincoln Field in uh, yeah. In that's Philly. a great spot. That's a oh, great. Oh my spot. word. We yeah. got out. We literally got out of that concert, walked to our car, hopped in. In ten minutes, we were we were back at the hotel. Ten minutes. Yep. Yeah, and you got you got mass transit right there. Yeah. it's 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 very well set Fantastic. up, and you got all of the stadiums are right there. Yeah, you know you That's got right. the you got baseball, you got football, and you got the the basket the kind of uh, Wachovia arena is right there too. Yeah, so. yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway, so rewind, rewind. We got a lot to talk about. I mean, a lot, a lot happened, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it down to one thing: Google Plus. Take yeah, there's, it. there's, there's no doubt. Uh, Google Plus, since our last show, has taken the, taken the world by storm, or at least taken the nation by storm, or to put an even finer point on it, taking the, uh, taking nerddom by storm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting uh, last couple of weeks. I believe it, it hit 10 million users uh, at some point last week. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's hard to say how many of those are active. I'd love to see the active versus passive stats, but you could say the same thing about Facebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the, the key is, and uh, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks in a row, 
about why we why we thought this product might take off, and the reason was because it doesn't rec- you don't have the whole friending thing. You've yeah. got uh, you know just people that you've got an email from, or you know people that are Gmail users just kind of show up in your. And by the way, I finally got my invite. No thanks to you. <laughs> um, You're welcome. And. And so I, uh, but anyway, it's, you know, it's real easy to kind of users kind of show up. Hey, you might know this person. Hey, you might just like Facebook. Yeah. Um, but the difference is I can add somebody to my circle without ever, um, you know, without the, without the whole friend thing. Without it's very, the, yeah, it's very Twitter, it's Twitter-esque That's in that right. regard. It is. And then I think the subtlety of the multifaceted, uh, you know, we'll call it, you know, a friend slash follow feature, you know, putting someone in circles is, is what makes the difference for the, the technical people who really know and use Facebook and Twitter and all these other things all the time. So it's really nice there. But I think the thing that's really driving this is Gmail. It's up in the upper left. I mean, you know, what, what else are you going to do? You're just going to click it. I mean, you know, it's right there. So that's yeah, like an install base of however many hundreds of million that they have on that. Yeah, and I think the uh, the the thing that's great about it is you know you can communicate with you know one or more groups. Yeah. Right. You know, you've got the kind of the address bar for lack of a or address kind of input thing there right on the screen where you put in, okay, I'm typing, you know, I send this message and I want to send it to these groups or these circles or this person. Yep. And it's all just simple. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you don't have okay. Well, I, I need to go to this group page to talk to this group, or I need to put. You know, it's just okay. Well, here are the three. Here are my three circles that I want to communicate with about this thing, and I'm leaving. I'm dropping off these other. You know, my other fifteen circles who don't care about it. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was, I think it's really good, and I it, I I used it a bunch when I got my invite, and haven't used it in the last probably two or three days a whole lot, but. Uh, you know, I I read a I uh, read an article where uh, uh, Brad Feld was talking about defriending a bunch of people on Facebook, or unfriending or whatever the right word is, um, and moving away from and using Facebook for what it's supposed to be used for, which is friends. Yeah. Um, and getting away from it being kind of the a casual network as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I think it's I think it's got a bright future. Yeah. Um, and it's they seem to this is what they're second or third crack at this and um i think it's whether this one is the right one or not i think they're on the road to finding the right one and as you said the key and we talked about it in an earlier show is that it's in an interface that you're that hundreds of millions of users are in every day yeah exactly yeah and i I think this is the one for them I, i i don't think they go i'm frankly my my question in my mind right now is what does this do to the uh, Facebook valuation, their IPO hopes? They're, they have to make some sort of a move before the IPO happens in order to remain relevant, I think. I mean, you know, in the long term, you got to think, yeah, okay, all the people are with Facebook right now. Yeah, granted. But this is early enough. I mean, they're, you know, face, uh, Facebook IPOs earliest next year at some point, right? I don't know. Yeah, they're so, saying next spring, right? Next are they? I don't know. So, but it's it's not this year. So they've got to have some kind of if 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 Google Plus is at a hundred million now. Oh, sorry, ten million now. It's that's very significant for what two and a half weeks or whatever it's been two weeks, something like that. I mean, yep. so so they've got to have some kind of a thing. Now, granted, if I'm going to find my long lost girlfriend from you know second grade or whatever it is, she's going to be on Facebook, not on Google Plus. So so they still Facebook still has a network, but you know that could seriously switch. That could yeah, seriously and I, if, switch. if Google Plus climbs to let's say it climbs to fifty or sixty million users by the time of the Facebook IPO, which I think is very realistic. I'd agree. Um, then you have to start if you're if you're looking at it from a business perspective and okay, well what does Facebook have that Google Plus doesn't have? Okay, well they have seven hundred and fifty million users worldwide. Yeah. And they've and they've got, you know, access to them via ads. Okay, well if Google's trending, you know, toward a hundred million users inside of a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Google's already solved the ad problem. Yeah, uh, they've already solved how to do that, right? Um, you know, is there really a? Well, you know, see, here's here's the there's the difference. I think uh, Facebook's advertising is uh, is potentially more interesting than Google's. 
um, because it, it might be if, if you're looking for something right now, you're going to type it into Google and get it, and you got your ad. You know, basically go to Google for advertising. The the using the social network along with uh, you know as as you know to help the advertising medium like they do on Facebook, like so and so just bought this. This guy is interested in this. Are you you might be as well. That kind of stuff and knowing where you are in a much more fine grain and blah blah blah. They could have some guns there. I don't know because Google will have that same information. Yeah. If you think about it, if I'm in Google Plus instead of Facebook for yeah, most in, of my things. In Plus they will. In Plus yeah, they will. That's what I mean. Okay, I got so, it. Yeah, okay. So, okay. so anyway. tell me, so so uh, moving along, so Netflix, you are you a Netflix subscriber? I am a Netflix subscriber. How how long have you been doing this? Ah uh, gosh, it's been three, four years, I would say. Has it? And and you're happy with the price? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a you know. To be honest with you, we've talked about canceling it lately because um, it's you know we pay. I think we pay. I think we're in the ten dollar one where you get. It's either one or two discs. You know, you can have in your house at any one time. I can't yeah. remember. I always forget, and, uh, mainly because it's my wife keeps doing things differently. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Um, but the interesting thing is uh, is that last week, of course, they announced that they're changing their pricing model. They did, yeah. So what are yeah. they? What is it like? They're they're going, they're going to they're going to seven ninety nine a month for streaming only, mm-hmm. which I use. I to be honest with you, I use Netflix streaming probably five or seven times as much as I use the disc stuff. Yeah, I would imagine I'd be right in the same boat. I don't yeah. I don't have Netflix, but that, I would. That's ex- yeah. the only way I would use it. And then the problem is, of course, that you can't get all the movies on streaming. But the, yeah. but the, uh, and then it's another seven ninety nine for the lowest seven ninety nine a month for the lowest uh, kind of disc delivery plan. So you end up mm-hmm. if you if so if you're paying nine ninety five a month, you go up to fifteen ninety eight a month mm-hmm. when they when the when the pricing changes. And obviously, what they're after is they're trying to drive all of their business to the streaming business. Yeah, that's going to be tough though. I mean, you know, here is here's why. Why I had this. Uh, my wife and I had this hankering to watch uh, Jaws. Can't find it. Not available. Not on iTunes. Not on you know. There's just not. I couldn't find it on Amazon. I just wanted to stream the movie. Look, I just wanted to rent it, buy it, whatever. I'm not going to buy a DVD. I, I don't even have a DVD player. I mean, my DVD player and my laptop is replaced with a hard drive. Uh, you know, DVD really. Are we still in the DVD age? I guess we are, but uh, you know, well, you are because crazy. of the because of this reason that you're talking about. Yeah. Is that for new releases and for you know the 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 more and it seems to me for Netflix in particular, if the if the movie is a popular movie, yeah, you can't stream it. So even yeah. if it was made 15 years ago, if it was a really popular movie 15 years ago, yeah, you have a hard time getting it on streaming, they'll give you, you know, Harry and the Hendersons all day long. Yeah. But if you want to watch something, you know, that was actually a good movie, uh, you've got, you've Harry got, and the Hendersons was a great movie. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. But, John uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the, um, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And I, there was an interesting, uh, post earlier this week by Tim O'Reilly, where he talked about, you know, if people want to be upset w- with Netflix, because I guess the the backlash was just huge. Yeah, uh, they talked about like the the Netflix um, customer service center literally was um, drowned in phone calls. They could not keep up. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And uh, and the and I guess the his point, Tim O'Reilly's point, was you need to be directing your ire at the movie studios, not at Netflix. Netflix would stream any movie you allow them to stream. Yeah. The problem is not with them. The problem is with the studio. Yeah. What else is new? Yeah. So it's it's the usual cartel of, you know, of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but I, I just have a feeling that that's going to break. Yeah. It's Sooner or to. later, it has and to. Maybe, maybe Netflix is using this as the club to make it happen. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and I'm not a subscriber. <laughs> uh, so uh, so moving on. So Apple. Apple. This is this is a, a one of those another one of those potential seminal moments coming up that I, that I just wanted to mention. Um, they seem to be on track to become the most valuable company in the world. That would be ahead of Exxon. I think they're a hundred and just under one hundred and twenty billion shy of that mark right now, which is uh, not all that far. 
Uh, Exxon is down recently. Apple is up. Uh, you know, the, this inflection point will probably come very soon. Um, it's a seminal moment in that it's the first time that a tech company has become the most valuable company in the world. And it is very interesting to me that the strategy that Apple took in the 80s with the modification of adding a bit more openness, like let's interop with a bunch of things, not, certainly not totally open. I mean, you know, back in the day in the 80s and 90s, uh, the 90s really, that sort of method was battered down and, and that certainly did not win in the market. But whatever they've got going right now, the balance they've struck now, which is essentially the same thing they had in the 80s uh, and 90s, but with this openness addition, is suddenly going to pretty much turn them into the, you know, in 15 years, the largest company in the world. You know, from Here, Yeah, here's obscurity. my problem with this whole thing. Yeah. Is that there's no way that Apple is worth more than Exxon. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, you can do without yeah. an iPhone or an iPad or a computer. You can't do without oil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so the fact that it, it's it just it smells like it's uh, just kind of a love affair that at some point will go wanting, much like, um, quite frankly, much like Cisco. Uh -huh. And, they, and the, what we're seeing with them right now, I mean, they were the darlings of the 90s, could do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, they dominated uh, as the internet build out was happening. There was nobody that could even touch them and yeah. they could do no wrong. And now, you know, they're laying off thousands and thousands of employees just to try to get back to profitable. Yeah. What and, are they out there? Like 15. $15.66 right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and Nothing. so I guess my, my feeling is that at some point, um, you know, so is there cool, a cooler heads will prevail much like it did with Cisco. Not because they're not a great company. Yeah. Cisco is a great company, still is a great company. They're just not worth more than the rest of the market. Yeah. You know, which is essentially what you're saying. You know, these companies that are that far out in front, um, you know, it just, it just, I don't know. It bothers me. It bothers me just in concept that there's no logical way that a company so that makes, a makes computers is worth more than a company that drills for oil and supplies oil worldwide. Yeah. Just, it's just inherently there's a problem with that. Yeah. Well, what happens if the, the problem is there's just the only company that's making computers like that? And there's nobody else yeah, making yeah, them. So I think they, they, they deserve – so if you talk about where they deserve to be – I think they're they deserve to be at the you know probably two x of any other technology company for what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, but I just I have a problem with them competing with an infrastructure company that you know is has to be around. Yeah, it'd be like Johnson and Johnson. Okay? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I, we have to go out and we have to buy soap. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. that's well, my so, problem. So so basically, you're saying that it's inflated. That's a bubble price. I, I I don't know that it's a bubble. I think it's definitely inflated. I just yeah. think if you if you take a look at what a company what that company can actually be worth, yeah. You know, so if if you had to break the company apart and sell it, mm -hmm. you know, if you had to take their assets and go sell them on the open market, yeah. But that's saying they're they're worth a one times multiple. No, but no. So I I grant you that they are they've done a fantastic job. They deserve. The, a, a fantastic valuation. I'm not disputing that at all. I'm yeah. just saying, if they overtake Exxon at some point, which they still have a ways to go, yeah. And you know, if they sub their toe or whatever, maybe it doesn't happen. Yeah. I guess my my issue is not that they're extremely valuable and that they deserve all the accolades. It's simply that they're not as valuable as Exxon, even if the market says they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Exxon is a commodity. There's many of these commodity companies. You know, you got all the all the other oil companies out there, and there is only one Mac and one iPhone and one iPad and blah blah blah. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're, really, are you are you? I mean, you're three years away from somebody having something that's better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely that's, true. That's yeah, definitely it, true. All it takes is somebody having a better idea yep. and producing it at scale. And then the, the, everybody will go in droves some other way if yeah. something better comes along. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you see this? Uh, this uh, well, you did, I think, this Fast Company article and about uh, the Apple patent that seemed to be a newsmaker, newscaster kind of app. Yeah, I did see that. I thought that was crazy. Like how – since when does Apple introduce an app via a patent? I mean, it wasn't a. It was obviously a patent for the. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, so they. I, the <clears throat> I read about. I read about it with um, 
they've got they're introducing an app that will allow you to essentially do live broadcasting. Yeah. So they're, you're going to be able to turn your your phone into both. Uh, you know, it's going to have a front and back camera. Um, it's got audio recording, and so the idea, what they want out of it is, you know, for the newsmaker or for the uh, for the journos out there, uh, or the would be journos to be able to fr- uh, film news events or uh, any anything, <coughs> excuse me, anything like that in real time, and you know, stream it in real time. So why isn't this like UStream? I mean, that's what UStream does. Right? It is what UStream does, but. Y- it's just like with anything else Apple does, you know yeah. they're going to keep things to themselves that make it better. Yeah, sure. It's probably much more tailored. And certainly Ustream doesn't have the front-facing and rear-facing you know, cameras at the same time, picture-in-picture stuff. But uh, yep. yeah. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, moving on, talk to me about the surgery uh, uh, app. Uh, not app. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's an app where you can uh, do your do uh, to do it yourself. Open heart surgery. Open heart surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Now it yeah. had more to do with uh, with tourism. Uh, you know, uh, medical tourism. Yeah. So um, there's a there's a this do it yourself health reform movement um, t- to I guess to combat you know just the lunacy that's going on around healthcare, <clears throat> and the idea is that much like if uh, if hotels have empty beds, they put those beds up for sale on Hotwire to get rid of excess inventory. The idea is that if you need to have uh, you know gallbladder surgery, and <laughs> there's a there's you know three three places that you can do that, um, and one of them is a mi- you know ten miles from your house, and the other one is five hundred miles from your house, but it's you know half price. The 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 idea is to create this open marketplace where I can advertise, uh, you know, surgeries and ex- essentially advertise open capacity to get procedures done and and make the market for surgery more efficient. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. I agree. You know, it's it's sort of like the Airbnb thing. Exactly. For, yeah, yep. but for medical beds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a brilliant idea, and I, I hope this I hope this takes off. But it, you know, with with the whole medical thing, the whole medical angle, uh, I could imagine there'll be you know some sort of problem somewhere uh, getting that going. Um, yeah, they're talking about you being able to save as much as ninety percent if, if you're willing to travel. I mean, that's crazy. Just think about you know, okay, well, I can do this thing in North Carolina, or I can fly to California um, to this clinic that has you know that's got spots available, and I can do it for nine you know. 10% of the cost. So now what happens if that, uh, you know, if you can do it for 10% of the cost or 1% of the cost, if you fly to Singapore and get your kidney removed there, I mean, do you feel yeah, like people you would, are already, people are already doing that though? Right? I know I they mean, are, but don't you think you'd wake India. up like, yeah, India, you wake up in the back alley and there's two, <laughs> two surgical, surgical slices instead of one. And now you're without something else that you needed. Like, Oh, you didn't need that liver, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's that's the whole the urban myth of uh, waking up in the bathtub, you know, in a bathtub a full of ice, ice or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like a bunch of needles strewn around in a dirty floor. And you're like, uh, I yeah. don't really know what went on. Yeah, why am I here? Yeah, uh, so there is a downside to this. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, people won't be absolutely stupid, though I'm sure they will. Yeah, um, I like, but I do like the idea of of users having control and being able to uh, you know squeeze some efficiency out of the market. I think yeah, it's, agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a lot of the things we talk about on here, where it's it's the right idea and the implementation probably won't look anything like what it does today. Yeah, that's a good call, especially when you're talking about drones. Yeah, uh, we've uh, been t- drones. <laughs> I love drones. Yeah. So so this is this is topic that we keep coming up. We we did this uh, project called DroneOS.com, and you can just go check it out. It's pretty interesting. It allows you to track uh, drones in flight in real time in a web browser, you know, kind of on Google Maps. It's kind of neat. So anyway, we we did this project, and we've been, uh, you know, monitoring it and kind of watching how things go. And we're always saying that, you know, in the future – the drone thing will eventually happen. We're early on this one, but it is going to be absolutely, you know, industry changing when it happens. And then you found this story that talks about this drone corridor o- opening up in Oklahoma. Um, yes. And, a- the, and the, the, here's the thing is, 
Yeah, if, if when we when we launched the Drone OS website, you know there was some there was some static and pushback about well, you know it, th- there's no commercial value in drones yet. All of the value is still in the military industrial complex and and for at least in the United States, you as we've talked about on the show, you cannot fly a drone in commercial or any other kind of airspace. Um, and so outside was, of line of sight, outside of line of sight. And so what they're talking about in Oklahoma is establishing a, a, an, a corridor between two towns in Oklahoma. One of them is Lawton and the other one is Clinton. And these are, I happen to have spent a lot of time in Oklahoma. They're small towns. Um, but the idea is that this would be the first um, control. This would be the first controlled airspace for drones in the United States, uh, controlled by the FAA and uh, at least I think it's controlled by the FAA. I don't remember. Well, but isn't it just open for see and avoid by, for, for drones? It's just a corridor. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. I, I don't know why I went down the FAA thing. I was just yeah, well, well, no, no, no. It is it is sanctioned by the FAA. And right. frankly, sanctioned, what that means. Sanctioned but not controlled. That's right, what exactly. It keeps yeah. the, the, the controlled and uh, and other airspace uh, aircraft outside of this corridor. This, the, That's you know, right. if you bust this corridor, it's on you. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm a helicopter pilot, so I, I know about these these uh, airspace uh, things. You bust airspace, that's a really really bad idea. Don't do that. And yeah, if you're so going to learn take, to fly, yeah, so if you take your uh, if you take your twin engine thing through this corridor, then yeah. all bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off. And, and if you're going to learn to fly, learn to fly helicopters because. If you get lost, you can just stop where you are and figure out where you are. And I have used that. I, I came this close to busting the airspace at Moffett Field in uh, Silicon Valley. And uh, if it weren't for the fact that I was flying a helicopter, I could just stop because I didn't get my clearance delivery from the, the uh, last guy I was talking to. So I, I, I couldn't switch channels and get to this next one. So I had to stop. And let me tell you, that's a really good thing. Uh, yeah, no doubt. You know, there's really not much area. You know, you could possibly circle in a fixed wing, but I mean, there wasn't not much area uh, where I was. It was pretty dicey. Yeah. But anyway, the exciting thing about this is that it it is potentially if it passes. So it's up for I think that's yeah. uh, the Oklahoma legislature still has to pass it. Um, but if it happens, it's the first controlled airspace in the U.S. dedicated to drones. If this happens, it's going to be dominoes. Because FedEx is going to be all over this. They're going to be like, oh, we can, you know, ship packages from, you know, city to city, state to state without paying pilots. Done. They're going to do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've got this idea of, uh, you know, now and then people will start to buy up land where you can make these corridors. Yep. Um, And and I just think it's going to be really interesting uh, you know, you and I have talked about this—the idea of drone airports, yep. uh, things like that—that that are essentially unmanned airports or airports where a drone can stop and refuel or whatever it is. Yeah. And and the obstacle up to now has always been, you know, you can't fly it out of sight. And so, if this passes, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a land rush. Yeah, it is. Uh, of 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 sorts to. Um, you know, to start capitalizing on the opportunity. Yeah, so. I totally agree. It's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tectonic shift that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I've, I've friends that are, uh, you know, airline pilots and, and they understandably, you know, look at this with some skepticism. Uh, but I think in the end it does make your, uh, your, your job better. Uh, you, if, if all you do is fly cargo from A to B and that's all you'll, you ever plan to do your, your job, you could eventually have a problem here. But if what you're, if you look at it as your job is now not going to be, you know, this boring A to B kind of thing, but it's going to be something that takes, uh, more of your mind, uh, you know, to be able to, to, you know, manage, uh, an aircraft through a certain type of airspace or whatever it is, that's, what's going to happen. You're going to see pilots migrate up to harder things to do. Um, yep. it's the, it's the traditional, it's what you've seen in every other part of the economy where you've got low kind of low and not that pilots, obviously that's a different brand of, of work from, you know, being a, being a, somebody that, you know, puts in rivets, but, but if you're uh, if you're a pilot, it's an opportunity to on a you know on a freighter or whatever. It's an opportunity to do something potentially more interesting. Yeah, agreed. So uh, moving on, uh, Microsoft again in the news. Uh, they just keep coming they, back. Th- this is you 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 
pulled this one article that says Microsoft is stuck on the Windows treadmill. And that's a good treadmill is a good story for a good word for this uh, next story. Microsoft will open uh, 75 new stores uh, within the next three years. This does not seem to me like a good idea. I think maybe one of our first podcasts we talk about, talked about this, second or third podcast maybe, we talked about this, where I don't think, we didn't think Microsoft had a, a good strategy for, for physical retail stores unless they owned the hardware or owned more of the, the business than just, as soon as they had to rely on some other company, be it Dell or HP or Compaq, whoever, whatever it is, uh, to, to build the device uh, and, and have that be the flagship thing that you come into the store for, why wouldn't you just go somewhere else to get that or to see that? What yep. do they? What do they hope to uh, uh, shrink wrap and show you in that store only? Is it just a bunch of people clapping and saying Windows uh, Microsoft is great, or or is there something that you can get there that you can get nowhere else? Yeah, and, and I think if the answer to that is is the former, then we'll see these stores closing as they open. I know, think the, so, and and like. And- I remember I, when I was in uh, Silicon Valley, I lived in uh, uh, San Francisco. I lived like a couple blocks down from the Sony Metreon or the Metreon, which is this one little thing. Sony had a big presence there. Microsoft also had a store there. I'd forgotten about that because it closed like you know a year or two in. And this article that, that you uh, uh, bring up mentions that. Yeah. Uh, and I had totally forgotten about this. But why, you know, they were doing exactly there. Okay, it didn't near, it didn't look anything like an Apple store does these days. But that's essentially exactly why that was uninteresting. And the the Sony store, the Sony style store, which is like next door, was interesting. Yep. You yeah, know, because you could, you're you, seeing stuff that's coming right off the boat from Japan. Exactly. In the you Sony could, store. You could get some of that Sony stuff in the uh, you know, the equivalent of a Best Buy at that time. Yep. You know, what what are, you could get that there. But I got this set of in-ear active noise canceling headphones from the Sony store, which were brilliant. It was perfect. It was, this was before the Bose active noise canceling headsets and and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was a, a really unique product at the time. Now, granted, yeah. nowadays, you know, whatever, but but they had they were kind of on the cusp. I now I feel like Sony has kind of lost it in a lot of other areas. So so I, I'm not I'm not saying that they're you know still there, but Microsoft, you know, Sony had it and lost it. Microsoft never had it, and now they're going at yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, the other part of uh, what happened last week was uh, there was a good article on TechCrunch about uh, Microsoft being stuck on the Windows brand. Yeah. And just the the baggage that they bring along um, because they're dragging, you know, it's it's Windows Phone, it's Windows this, it's Windows that, and and just the the and we've talked about that branding problem before. That and uh, it's it was interesting to read the TechCrunch article where they're essentially saying the same thing. That is, um, yeah, until they're willing to sort of divest themselves of the legacy stuff. And go a different direction. I just think they've got they've got problems. Yeah, they do. It's it's uh, just a uh, unwillingness to cut with the past. And I yeah. think uh, and to top it the, to, to top it off. Yeah. The last week was Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference, uh-huh. and and I read a recap of it where Kevin Turner, who's the COO of Microsoft and a, a Balmer confidant, um, got up and just you know instead of talking about what what Microsoft was going to do to change the change the world he just you know went on this rip fest where he's talking about salesforce.com and he said something about having a pacifier to stick in Mark Benioff's mouth <laughs> <laughs> and you know bashing Apple bashing Oracle and and the other and it's just more of the same from them as long as Balmer's there um, they just there's there's nobody there that's saying okay what are we going to do that's great yeah, that's that's the problem. It's a it's a cultural uh, defensive instead of a, a cultural yep. like you know let, let's let's actually mount something you know the like well what do they have? I mean I think Windows Phone Seven is actually pretty darn good. It's, it happens to be the distant 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 third runner, maybe fourth runner because of RIM, but soon to be third runner then uh, in in the mobile space. But I mean. And in a sense, you could say that they cut and ran from, you know, 
Windows Mobile back in the day. That was a yeah. basically a desktop operating system running on a phone um, yep. to something that's truly touch driven. So so there is that, except for the fact that they basically bought that. And and you know Xbox and and the Connect, great, it's brilliant, totally new, break from the past. But they just bought that. They just bought some company that made that thing, and now they they owned it. So there doesn't seem to be this culture of of being able to, uh, uh, you know, I, I know Microsoft has brilliant, brilliant ideas, and I look, I watch Microsoft research, and I see what they're doing, and it's fascinating. It just never makes it out of the the starting gate. Or if yeah. it does, the thing that makes it out is like the Microsoft Surface, which yes. is you know the, it totally impractical for for people, and uh, you know maybe it's good for the 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 Broad Institute right down the road here, a couple blocks um, here in Cambridge has uh, I think like three or four Microsoft Surfaces in their lobby. And it, I mean, you know, first of all, it's, it's brilliant because I'd never seen a surface, you know, right there. But uh, it was actually useful in the way they were doing it and, and maybe only in that setting. For a $10,000 device, okay, it's going to, you know, be very, very specialized. But, uh, you know, it had to use. The problem is people thought that, oh, yeah, this is something that everybody and their cousin is going to use instead of their coffee table. They're going to replace their coffee table with this thing. And it was a joke. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So, but you know what is really, really, just I'm ex- super excited about this. Totally out of the uh, you know out of the starting gate thing is going to blow the doors off. That's the Amazon tablet. Yeah, fired up, this, fired up to see that happen. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because effectively what they've done is gone and taken uh, Google's Android and searched and replaced Google and replaced it with Amazon. So now instead of the Google app store, you have the Amazon app store instead of the Google, uh, you know, video stuff and, and music, you have the Amazon video stuff and music. It's brilliant. I mean, you, how, how else can you walk in the door and have an operating system for your device that has everything all set up and, you know, allows you to sell your content. I mean, nobody else can do this because nobody else has the content. The no, only other exactly one that right. does is is Apple, and they already have something. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a and Amazon has a history of doing really good stuff. Yeah. And I think it's going to be they've got the content, they've got the delivery, they've already got a you know nine of the ten things nailed. Yeah. In in a and, sense, this had to happen. Yeah. And they, you know, they've got the Kindle that's wildly successful, so they know what it takes to do a hardware device already. Yeah. And so I've, I'm really looking forward to what what happens here. I think it could be, it could be a serious threat. Yeah, serious it could. Threat. So here's the problem, though. Uh, the Kindle was a brand, brand, brand new device, totally new segment. This is a reading device. It's it's e-ink. You know, people are saying, you know, well, you can't see it in the dark. And they're saying, well, you see it in direct sunlight where you can't see an iPad or whatever else, right? Right. So, so, they, so they had, frankly, the, the original Kindles and even to some extent the, the new Kindles of today, they, they're kind of like old 80s looking devices with wonky keyboard. It's not good. But they're, they are iconic in the sense that they made the e-ink display a, uh, you know, just a, just a, just a classic, like what everybody wants. It's a very usable thing. It's a very readable thing. It's, you know, they really worked on the software. The question is, can they do, can they do another Kindle in an area that, you know, in the, in the, the, you know, the world of the iPad effectively? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the Kindle, the Kindle, sorry, not Kindle. The Kindle was a is a single purpose device, and it does what it's supposed to do exceptionally well. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, can they make a multi purpose device? Yeah. So it remains to be seen. I, I'm super, super excited about it, especially if they were to come in the door and do a two ninety nine, you know, price point, or probably better yet, that five dollar a month thing we we're talking about with Google. If yep. Amazon and Amazon would do that. They yeah, the they, and they can. They that. absolutely can do yeah. it. They can say, "Look, we'll ship this to you. You give us five bucks a month for the next for the next twelve months." Yeah, <clears throat> and you know, ship it back anytime you don't want it. Uh-huh. Um, they've got they've got the wherewithal to do it. They've got the they, you know, they've got the cash. Yep. And and yep. all they need to do that for is a year. Yeah. And get enough people thinking about something different. Yep. And then when what what recourse does Google have? I mean, they can't they can't 
say, oh, you know. Yeah, you, they're you, at the behest of the manufacturers. They really are. Yeah. I mean, Google needs to make a, 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 a Nexus tablet. Yes, and, and what I, I agree mean by 100%. Nexus, yeah, something that they build. Yes, uh, I, I agree. I don't care if HTC builds it, whatever, but but made has the Google logo on it, has tops top end specs for everything. They yep. need to make the Nexus tablet. They yeah, need. They yeah, need. I, I totally agree because yeah. the Nexus S phone way better than any other Completely Android agree. phone. And, See, and you know what the 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 uh, Nexus ones I've got. These things are better than all the other, uh, you know, outside of course the Nexus S. All the like the the you know mom and pop, Yojo whatever phones you get from all these uh, you yep. know Android phones. They're just like one hundred and fifty dollar trying to be a smartphone, but I'm really cheap knockoff. Still, the Nexus One is a, is a great phone. Yep. You know, uh, Nexus yeah, I, S. I, agree. Is much, I much think better. I think if. Google probably has to answer with something that's the it is the Nexus tablet or something they like that. They got to answer with hardware. That's basically yep. it. Yep. Yeah. So aliens. This is our amnesia lane. Indeed. Aliens. Now this movie, this was great. I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise the ire of a bunch of people that are are listening that are are you know are of the alien kind of generation. They're not gonna like me saying this, but I gotta say this. Alien, so if you're going to watch this series, watch Aliens first, the second movie. And maybe even don't watch the first movie until you're a big fan of the series. Uh, Aliens, the second film, was, was that rare you know, sequel that, that played well as a, as, a, uh, you know, as a sequel, but worked also as like an action movie and, and worked really, really well coming in from the outside, not having known the story that was before or after it, and, and just seeing the whole thing. But that said, you didn't like it on your second, on your, your most recent watching. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. What, how, um, how? I don't know because yeah, I remember really liking this movie when it when it came out. I remember going to see it, and I agree with you that it's better than the original. Yeah, no question. And I think they did a good job of. I think this was what seven years after the uh, original or something like that. Well, Fifty-seven years. No, not from the first one. Oh, oh from yeah, yeah. Well, in I think in it was the movie. seventy-nine, and then eighty-six. Yeah, you're right. Was the, you're right. In the movie, it was seventy-nine years. Nineteen eighty-six aliens. Yes, you're right. But I think the 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 you know basically the only reference they make to the first movie was the you know she the start of the movie uh, Sigourney Weaver is laying in the thing frozen or, or not frozen but laying there and you know docking with the uh, with the thing and then she kind of says you know she has these dreams about the alien coming out of her stomach and and then. You know, that's kind of it. That's all you need to know about the first movie. What? And they, and they tell you that right there. No, no, no. They There's more than that. No, I the mean, ship. but not that matters. Not that matters. Oh, the ship. Come on. I don't know. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I guess the thing that bothered me about this was, uh, you know, first of all, it's directed by James Cameron. Yeah. And which I didn't know. I'd, I'd forgotten that he had directed this movie. And so this has to be early on for him. Yeah, it is. And this was this was the one that that uh, sort of proved he could do a blockbuster. He 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 could repeat. You know. Okay. Okay. This was his big breakout, really. And I get the the I you know I was sitting there watching it and I had a hard time getting past. You know, you have to kind of set the, aside all of the special effects stuff because you know at the time it was very good. So you set that aside. Um, but the the acting was just. Bad. I mean, the I, Bill Paxton was just horrific. I mean, it was. It, it, I just wanted to turn the movie off. He I, was thought, so I bad. thought that was good. I thought he was. He, he played was so the, lame. Well, I thought he played the uh, you know the the helpless uh, marine, only able to kind of pump himself up and and his friends up, and that was it. That's all he could do. Outside of that, he was pretty much just a wimp. He looked like you know a crazy guy, but he was a wimp. But every every one of his lines was him screaming something. <laughs> he had no, there was right. nothing intelligent. I'll at give all. you that. I'll give you that. But come on, you gotta like you gotta love the names of the the guys here, like Apone and Gorman and Hicks. You could scream each one of these, like <laughs> Spunkmeyer. And yeah, you got you got the Wazowski. Uh, 
You got Vasquez, who's the, yeah, the Vasquez, Latin American girl, Jan- Janet Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she plays the part of, uh, it's kind of a precursor in ways. Her role is kind of a precursor to, uh, Demi Moore playing, um, how yeah, was that awful right. movie she was in? G.I. Jane or whatever? G.I. Jane. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. This is kind of a precursor yeah. to that. So women in the military, you know, it's the future. So women in the military actually happens. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, yeah, and they're, act- right. they're yeah, actually yeah. tough like men and, you know, all, yeah. this other, all this other stuff. And, um, but, you know, and the other guy, the other actor that really bothered me was the, was the. Don't not- say Hicks. Don't say Hicks. Oh, I loved Hicks. Okay. All right. Loved Hicks. Hicks Whew. was all, that guy, I forget who played. Michael Hicks. Bean. Yeah. But he was in, um, oh gosh, uh, I'll think of it here in a second. It was a movie about, uh, oh, Navy SEALs. He oh, was really? uh, he was in Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen. He was one of the main guys in Navy SEALs. Interesting. Se- really good oh, in that role. Really? You know, as good as that movie. I mean, that movie wasn't that great, but he was good in that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um but the uh yeah, no, it was the it was the guy that um the the troop leader or whatever, the guy that had the cigar in his A-pone. mouth. Apone. Al yeah. Apone. Yeah. Yeah. I just I couldn't stand him. <laughs> Another glorious day in the core. Yeah, Come on, he, man! How he, could you not like he that? He and Bill Paxton were so over the top. They were one-dimensional. I'll give you that. But it was just on. this caricature of, of you know, I, I just uh, I couldn't get past it. Yeah. Just, all right. Well, I get, you know we'll we'll have to disagree on this because I to me I I guess I see by that I don't know. Um, Anyway, so uh, so this this movie cost uh, eighteen million to, to to make. It uh, grossed eighty six million domestically, one hundred thirty one internationally. So two hundred seventeen million. Um, it was uh, it was shot in uh, Pinewood Studios and interestingly in a decommissioned uh, power station, the Acton Lane Power Station, which was also used uh, in Batman for Axis Chemical Works. Huh, uh, I didn't Batman. know that. Yeah, because I but was wondering. I, the other thing I didn't remember is that Sigourney Weaver was nominated for an Academy Award. Now, yes, I will tell you that I thought she did really well in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I like I enjoyed her character. Um, I didn't. She wasn't. Uh, she was believable, yeah. except for you know there are times when you're like, oh, okay, well, I just taught you. I spent three minutes sh- uh, telling you how to shoot this weapon that does 16 things, and yeah, you and remember you can, and you remember them all. You remember in the heat them of combat. all, and you and you tape a uh, you know like another another weapon right to it, and you're able to to you know effectively use it to go in alone to the nest and and yeah. you know capture recapture yeah. new and 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 oh by the way you know that you need to take a belt full of grenades yeah um and yeah. <laughs> you, you know that the that the fire will, will help them to explode yeah, so you right. throw them into that's the right. fire throw even though you're not fire. a soldier no that's right no that that's true that was a little but you never know like you know how long they had to kind of well maybe they didn't have long who knows Anyway, I think this uh, this movie. What what was interesting about it is it focused more on terror and less on horror. Yes, it, I agree. You know, it, it, it this like I think the first one, Alien, really focused on horror. Yes, because you had the you know you had the things coming out of the stomach, mm-hmm. and it was it it was much more visual, much more visual, disturbing. right? Yeah, much more. and this one was much more about what's going to happen. Yeah, it is exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and they and they did such a good job with the sound of the pulse rifles. Like I, I, I want a sample of just that pulse rifle going off. They did a fantastic job yeah, with this. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. And the music, interestingly, so so this is this there was a little bit of a culture clash um, in in doing the the film. Everybody always wanted a break for tea or whatever it was, and the American director and American guys because they all the actors were brought in from America because. They they did all these auditions and they couldn't find people that that you know had the right accent or could mimic the right accent. So they brought so you had this American crew coming you know basically crashing Pinewood Studios and the whole the whole uh, you know uh, crew doing the uh, the the cameras and lights and all and they wanted to take their breaks all the time and this just you know killed Cameron <laughs> you know he just yeah. wanted to crank you know and, and and make this film and one and so he would push people. And one of the guys he really pushed was uh, the the uh, uh, guy that did the music, which I think is James Horner. Actually, I don't have it written down. Um, and he he actually did a score, which I, I think is absolutely fantastic. The two of them didn't work together for many, many years. But uh, it, he, he completed it in just a couple of days. 
you know, from the time that he got the actual print of the film to the time that they had recorded the whole thing. Huh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, usually it's, you know, a month or so that he has to kind of figure it out. Uh, or at least, you know, two, three weeks. And this is like four or five days. Hmm. So it was it was really up against the uh, up against the gun to do that. Um, thought, yeah. I thought he did really, really well. I love the music in this. So why didn't uh, at the end when Newt falls through the uh, fan blades and goes down the chute yeah. and goes into the water, right? Yep. And she's waiting there to be rescued and they try to cut through the metal and the alien comes up out of the water, grabs her. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't she impregnated with eggs? Because Why is she just stuck in the thing? Be- because they didn't have enough. So so uh, they they stick people in the wall and they hang out in the wall until an egg hatches and then you know then the, the egg face hugger face. goes and yeah exactly. So they they you know couldn't impregnate her when they got her. They had to do it a little bit later. And then I think the timeline in the movie is like. 30 or 45 minutes or something from the point that she gets abducted to the point where she gets picked up because she gets picked up and, and taken out of there like five minutes before the, the right whole before place the blows egg, up. Yeah. And well, you know, right as, and the egg scene, right right. as she get there, the, the, the egg is opening up and the thing's starting to crawl out Yeah, and she screams and that's what uh, alerts uh, Ripley to her, to her whereabouts yeah, inside exactly. the, inside the thing. Yes. So, right. So, so that, from that point on, I mean, it's, it's a really, really condensed, you know, five minutes it's supposed to be, it's not, you know, there's not much time. Cause you keep hearing it, you know, the, you have so and so many minutes before yes, you can reach yeah. minimum safe distance. <laughs> one of yeah. the, one of the really cute kind of things I, I thought was, and it really helped the tension was when, uh, Ripley and Hicks get into the elevator and they hit the button and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah this was brilliant because then of course you know they go and slam the button again and the door starts to go and now of course the alien you know hops in the door you know just before the door shuts and he has to go shoot him you know and said yeah. i thought that was brilliant because that's always what you know you feel like if you could just get in the elevator you could be safe you know there's a lot of that yeah. they played a lot on that on, in this film yeah there um, was a lot of those moments where you're like okay well the, yeah. you know whew, you kind of yeah. do that yeah oh. They're in yeah. the elevator. They're safe. Uh-huh. Nope. You yeah. know, and then the, uh, what's his name? The Android comes back. Yeah. Bishop. And, uh, Bishop comes back to pick them up. They're off the deck. Yeah. You know, everything's great. The music dies down. Yeah. Everything's peaceful. They get it. You know, they go back to, they, they go, go back, back to, to the ship. Yeah. Back to the ship and, you know, they, they get off and everything's okay. And everybody's, you know, she starts talking about how Ripley's, you know, I was wrong. And then he gets the alien tail through his yeah. freaking back. <laughs> It looks like a, uh, you know, a, a stomach eruptor guy. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he gets ripped and the guy, in half you know, and you got the, uh, you got the pus going everywhere. <laughs> like how did they see, this is the thing you, you, you said that the, uh, the, uh, effects didn't last so well, didn't age well for you. I, I think the opposite. Like, I thought, so here's why I thought, here's yeah, why, why I is that? that the, the opening scene where the spaceship's just floating in space, yep. you know, as it's going back to. Um, going back to the ship and it's, you know, it's coming into dock and, and all of that. It just, that part of, and the, I thought the alien scenes were, they still held. I, okay, they so still looked, they still looked as good. I felt like they looked as good today yeah, as they as, did, yeah. but it was like the space scene. Okay. So that's that the one thing that computers clearly do better. Yep. You know, and like spaceships floating around in space is not much complexity. They're just kind of, you know, and you need to see a lot of scale and there's always distance involved. The computers do that well. And I would argue for computers in that scenario. In every other case, like especially the case where Bishop gets ripped in half and you yeah. see his rib cage exposed and there's like little tubes and, and you know, yeah. it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. milk is shooting out. You know, that was just brilliantly done with what I'm sure was, you know, 50 different tubes and, and uh, little, you know, right. Yeah, very compelling things. and you're like oh my god that guy's laying there on the floor yeah and and oh, you know that's... and and the aliens are real they're they actually walk around they you know they they seem un, unearthly in the way that they scuttle a lot of times and and that was done brilliantly well yeah, I, don't I think, think i think the the aliens were very i thought they did a good job very believable yeah. believable and very you know you got the sense that we are you know they had the, this great predatory kind of feel about them like yeah. when, when the guy when the uh 
um, you know, when they start dropping out of the of the of the roof, for lack of a better word, of the of the queen, you know, yeah. when they're down in those tubes and the, all the st- all the all the soldiers are in there, yeah, and they just start dropping out. Yeah, that was and brilliant. Like, and you're just like, holy crap! Yeah, and they were like in the walls, you know. And yeah, they, they yeah. <laughs> reach out from the walls. And suddenly, suddenly that thing that you thought was like a pipe or something is really a tail, and it's yeah, exactly. To, uh, and it was it, well done. so I thought they were. I thought they were fantastically done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mine was more about like the, you know, when they're outside driving around in the uh, in the armored vehicle, and just yeah. the land, the landscape doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, so that was the stuff where I felt like you could see the age of the movie there. Yeah, uh, maybe. The rest yeah. of it, and then obviously in the computer scenes where the you know sure. you've got the big displays and yeah, the green screen, yeah, the green screens and 70s. things like that. But yeah, but other than that, I felt like the effects were were good. But you know, it it and probably if I if I could have somehow gotten past Bill Paxton's character, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But he <laughs> just sounds drove like me it. crazy. Yeah. He just drove me crazy. Sounds like so. So talking about. Uh, uh, the 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 whole so what 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 we watched I think what both you and I watched is the extended cut. This is not the the cut that showed up in the theater. Most of the extension were was the uh, those exterior sequences that that you you claim and I, I actually agree with you looked somewhat dated of the uh, you know vehicles driving around outside and certainly everything to do with Newt prior to Ripley showing up was. Is all part of the extended cut. So when when she's with her brother and they're you know with their parents and they go out to whatever the grid location is and yeah. they stumble across this alien ship, that right there is is all you know was all cut. So really, I didn't of, realize that. Yeah, that wasn't part of the 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 movie that I had seen the first time, and this is why I think watching Aliens as the first movie you see in this trilogy or what's more than a trilogy now, unfortunately, is is really the the key because it the movie just hints at this prior all this prior history that happened many, many, you know, fifty seven years in the past. Some something went down. You know, you know, like the yeah. the uh, you know, there's something you know, something there and something crazy went down and they tried to get out of there and they're they it was a life and death and they were considering blowing up the ship and they they did actually. Uh you know, so it just hints at all this stuff. And if you hadn't seen that stuff and you knew nothing about it and you walked in and just watched this movie, not the director's cut, just the the original film, yeah. I think it would have been it would have been. I mean, that's how I saw it. Yeah. And maybe I think so. I didn't realize that stuff. I don't obviously don't remember seeing it the first time, but the. I don't remember that stuff not being in there. And so that's why I said what I said at the beginning, ah. which is I felt like this they gave you enough in kind of the first few 15 minutes of the movie okay, to, okay. so that you wouldn't have to go back and watch because you can infer, okay, well, something happened here before. Yeah. Some people, you know, uh, Ripley was really the only one that lived to tell about it. And now they're having her go back to finish this finish finish this thing off. Yeah, um, and you so, get all of that in the first you know ten you do, minutes you do, of the movie. But here's, so. so here's the thing. So the the thing that's interesting about this is if you've now just watched Aliens and you have some hints of what had happened before, you if you now go back and watch that, you realize that, for example. The aliens were aliens of the, you know, this grid reference that they went to and they found the, you know, the facehugger got on and blah, 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 right? Yeah. All of that, those were aliens of another species that had crash landed on that planet. Yes, And not yes. only that, but they are like at least 10 times bigger than, than us humans. Right. So, and you see one of them at one point who's dead in a chair looking through like a telescope or something and, and his chest had been broken open and ob- you, you kind of infer what had happened, but it, it's compelling and then it's so rich because it's not like, you know, we're sitting around there and there's this alien species and they came in, that's it. No, there's actually all this, uh, uh color outside of that, like, this these these uh, aliens obviously took control of this or or killed everybody who was in control of this other alien spacecraft that thing crash landed sat there for who knows how long because they were covered in dust when when in alien the first movie when they found it right. so and it was cracked open and that's how you could get in i mean it was just like there's a lot there and when you're huh. watching this movie and you've you uh you you know, every once in a while, like certainly in this director's cut, you saw a little bit of a view of what the 
old alien ship of the giant human looking creatures was this kind of looked like this giant thing with tentacles and that that almost looked alien but actually that wasn't the aliens so there's a lot there there's a ah, lot of layers of that onion to unpeel and and i it's for me, it was the most fun. Now, of course, I didn't see it the other way around. I didn't see it the quote correct way. It right. was really fun for me to watch that film, watch Aliens, and then learn about all this new stuff, and then go back and watch Aliens again. And we're like, ah, I see why that is. And then, you know, and then of course I got the director's cut, and I really liked it a lot more because it helped tie in a lot of those things. But I guess you really did kind of need to see that. Have you seen the first film? I have absolutely. Yeah. So, so you do, but did you that see that one, before? It was, uh, uh, yeah, I saw him okay. in order the first time. Okay, okay. And uh, I yeah. just remember, uh, I mean, I was young when that first one came out. I remember sure, there was things yeah. coming out of people's chests, and yeah. it's like, holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> that'll give you, that'll give you that'll serious give you nightmares. nightmares. Yeah, totally. Oh well, we better, we better wrap this up. I think we yeah. beat this to death. So anyway, uh, so three fifty third is the podcast. You can find us by searching on iTunes. For 350 space THIRD 353rd. You can find us online 350-THIRD.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter 353rd. So next week we've got uh, Green Street Hooligans in honor of Anders going to see Manchester United. That's right. And I have not seen this film. I need to throw that out there. So this is going to be new to me. So uh, you can you can heckle all you like. This is a uh, this movie is in my top seven. Tops? Wow! Uh, don't you don't tell me that before I have seen it. Come on, <laughs> what's wrong with you? All right, I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. All right, cool. Till next time. See ya.